Hi friends, welcome to Embracing Your Worthiness with Eliza, me. (laughs) So today I want to talk about, for my first real episode, what I consider to be, and what is largely thought of, the foundation of cultivating a stable, happy, healthy, fulfilling life. Mindfulness. So I know that a lot of people have heard about mindfulness, may or may not know what it is, and I'm going to talk about it today and how to implement it into our lives in a way that I'm trying to be talking to a friend opposed to like lecturing and saying like, this is what it is, this is how you do it. And I've realized that this is a podcast and not a video, but if you could see me right now, I'm like moving my hands and my body and gesturing. I'm not reading from a script or anything. I'm just talking as I would if I were speaking to a group of my friends. With that being said, I think that it's important to start with what mindfulness is. Mindfulness is defined as... Living with intentional awareness in the present moment without attachment or judgment. So let's let's look into that a little more before moving on. I think that the part about living with intentional awareness is pretty straightforward. We're consciously trying to be in the moment, experience life as it is, not be wrapped up in our heads. Um... Okay, and the very important, important addition to that is the doing that, being in the present moment without attachment or judgment, without clinging to thoughts and feelings or people in a moment and without judgment. And, you know, judgment comes in many forms, judgments of ourselves, of others, of the world, We may say them out loud. We may think them. So easier said than done, of course. Now, for mindfulness, there are a few goals. Like there are things that living a mindful life or actively practicing mindfulness and trying to implement it into day-to-day life. Some of the benefits are reducing suffering and stress while promoting joy and gratitude, which I think makes sense. You know, a lot of stress comes from us being wrapped up in our thoughts, anxious about the future, upset about the past, opposed to living in the moment. And it's easier to be grateful when we're aware of what's around us because there's so much to be grateful for. And I mean... I don't know where you are right now listening to this, but just take a second to find a few things that are just in this moment that you're grateful for. It could be just the fact that you're alive and breathing. It could be that the sun's out or that it's snowing, if that's something that brings you gratitude. It could be, you know, a picture on your wall that's, you can see that makes you happy and brings you joy. It could be looking over at your bookshelf and seeing books that are fulfilling. 
that's something for me. Um, it can be anything, the way you're feeling. You can take a second to notice that and be grateful for that. So I'd just like to encourage you to take a second and find a few things to be grateful for, not thinking about the future, not like, okay, I'm grateful that I get to see my friend later, which is good and gratitude's important. But in hopes of practicing mindfulness, we're going to, you know, try to stick with what's around us right now. Find some things to be grateful for. And if you can't, try not to get anxious and notice those feelings coming up. If you're looking around thinking, I mean, I like what's around me, but I have nothing to be grateful for. If you're having a bad day and think there's nothing to be grateful for, just notice those feelings. Okay, I'll share a few things that I found that I'm grateful for. So for one, uh, my books, I'm looking over and I see a few that are in my direct line of sight that I really enjoy and some that I'm looking forward to reading. I'm sitting at my desk right now and right in front of me I have like a little bulletin board with pictures of friends and family, sweet notes people have written me and some motivational sayings. I'm grateful for that. And I am honestly just grateful to be here today with you guys. Moving on. Another goal or benefit of mindfulness is increased control of the mind. And I really think it's important to go into this a little further because it's not control as in steering the mind to think what you want it to think and not micromanaging your mind. That's not what this is because I know that that's kind of what control is connotated to be. It's more of like, uh, let me think of how to say this. So often our minds control us. And our minds can be a great tool to use to help us plan and get through the day and communicate with other people, solve problems. But it stops being a tool and starts being hazard when instead of us being the boss, our mind starts being the boss, and which leads us to identify with our minds and which leads to all sorts of problems, which is a conversation for another episode. But right now, you know, we're just talking about how mindfulness we can be a tool to help control our mind in the sense of being able to quiet it when we don't need it. We don't need a constant stream of thought of words running through our minds. Our natural state of being is quiet and peace. So 
being able to control our mind and even just thinking about the present moment and what's around us or quieting it all together allows us to regain some of that control and have more stability in our lives. And the last goal that I have here, or benefit of mindfulness, practicing mindfulness, is experiencing reality as it is. So, sorry, I know I was just quiet for a second and thinking of how to go. Like I said, I didn't, I don't script before I talk and I don't trim out things I say or silences because I want this to be as authentic as possible and embrace my imperfection. So, okay, embracing reality as it is, experiencing it as it is. Now, our, our thoughts and emotions and perceptions of things are so clouded by the lenses we use. Lenses of judgment towards ourselves and others. Like, if you think you're stupid, you're much more likely to see action, your actions and words as stupid than someone who doesn't identify with self-identify with stupidity or if you think that people who and I know this is a bizarre example but like people that wear yellow are ridiculous and childish I wear yellow a lot so that's not a judgment I'm placing on people I'd like to point that out it's just what came to my mind Then when you see people wearing yellow, you're going to think, oh, that person's childish. So these lenses gear the way we see our world and ourselves, and it puts people and things into boxes, which inhibits our experience of life and the world around us. Because we aren't going out into the world and feeling, sensing, noticing what's in us and around us. We're going out and seeing what fits in what we're used to or what we believe. And I, it's natural to get in the habit of doing this. We all do. But... Essentially, you know, kind of letting go of that and being able to experience reality non-judgmentally and without attachment allows us to experience kind of like that innate goodness, the energy of goodness in ourselves, our world, and each other. It allows for us to connect with ourselves to our world and each other in a new, more authentic, authentic, raw, deep way. Now, that goes through all the goals I had and benefits of mindfulness. And I'd like to say that, um, you know, 
mindfulness isn't something that is easy. It's not like you say, I'm going to be mindful today. And then all day you're, you know, 100% mindful. And it's also not the kind of thing that once you're, you can stay pretty mindful all day, that effortlessly every day you're going to be that way. It's a give and take in it, which one of the things I like about it is because of that, it really encourages self-compassion and patience because some days it'll be a heck of a lot easier than others. And we have to learn to be okay with that and meet ourselves where we are. If we got some tragic news in the morning, it's going to be so much harder to be mindful and present in every moment the rest of the day than it would be if we wake up early in a great mood and go to sunrise and get breakfast with friends. So it's really about meeting ourselves where we're at and not having expectations, just having these goals and a willingness and desire to engage in these mindfulness practices. Going on, you know, within mindfulness, there are thought to be two sets of skills. They're called the what skills and the how skills. And I mean, the purpose of these just kind of give us a roadmap in to how to implement them into day-to-day life and kind of lays out for us what exactly mindfulness is. Now, the the things I'm talking about today and how I'm structuring and the things I'm sharing about mindfulness, I'd like to add, are largely connected to and coming from Marsha Linehan's Dialectical Behavioral Therapy module on mindfulness, because I think it provides a very clear, approachable way of mindfulness. So, First, we're going to start with the what skills, and within the what skills, there are three sets of skills, observing, describing, and participating. Simple enough, right? Okay. Be mindful by observing, describing, participating. So what exactly falls within each of these um, categories? So within the observe skills, are kind of being aware of body sensations. So in reference to the senses, sight, smell, hearing, sound, I just said that twice, feeling, physical touch. And I mean, I personally am a huge fan of the observing the senses skill and If I find myself feeling stressed out or overwhelmed, if my head feels super cloudy, filled with thoughts, I will take a second, sit back, and I mean, the numbers change based on how I'm feeling, but say, I mean, on typical, think, okay, I'm going to find five things that I see right now. So I see my lamp. I see my mug of tea. I see a painting that I did, I see my calendar, 
and I see my little bulletin board. Okay, five things. And I mean, usually it takes longer and it really encourages you to see different things. Like if you're outside, maybe you'll see a bird flying. Maybe you'll see somebody walking. Maybe you'll see a cloud shaped like a frog. I don't know. Frogs are my favorite animal. (laughs) And then I'll say, okay, what are three things I hear? And this one tends to be my favorite because I notice how many things we hear at once without even noticing. Like, say I'll be sitting outside and I'll be listening to cars pass by kind of in a steady flow of traffic. And then I'll be doing the skill, which I don't only do when I'm stressed. I'll also do when I really want to experience the moment and be aware of what's around me. And I'll say, wow, I can also hear birds chirping. I can also hear wind blowing through the leaves of the trees. And the whole time I'd been hearing all of these things, but I had only been choosing to process and acknowledge the sound of the cars passing by, which I think is really interesting and I like to do. And then I'll say, you know, what's something like, do I have a taste in my mouth? And then I'll notice like points of contact. So feeling my feet planted on the ground or feeling my back on resting on the back of the chair are some examples, you know, for the senses. But the observe skills are also about, you know, like just paying attention purposefully on the present moment. Just sitting there and watching watching birds fly by, watching clouds slowly pass through the sky, watching people as they walk and talk. It's about controlling our attention. So, and this comes with like the non-attachment of, you know, not clinging and not pushing on things in our mind and around us and just noticing what's around us. So the goal of the observe skills is basically to notice what's inside you and also around you. Definitely promotes connectivity. Um, I'll list some specific, you know, observation suggestions so to engage in these observation skills you can notice the facial expression of another person and when you do this it's important not to say oh she looks angry oh she looks confused just notice is it are his or her eyebrows furrowed are is the person squinting smiling kind of curled up open chest like just noticing body language of other people without judging or labeling or making assumptions just noticing or you could When you're eating, you can notice the way food smells, like pay a particular attention to the scent of the food, 
as it's sitting in front of you at the plate and then as you bring it up to your mouth. And there's also a thing called body scans, which I'm a huge advocate of. I I will speak about these forever I could. So basically, you're just running through your body. I usually go from my toes up to my head and notice points of contact, what you feel and how it feels. So like, for example, right now, I feel the way, so it's noticing multiple things at once too. You know, I feel my feet planted flat on the ground and I feel the way my socks are like curling over my toes and I feel my socks go up my ankle. I feel the back of my legs on the chair and I also feel my thighs touching each other and it's just Usually you should do it slower and intentionally go through each part of your body. I I would recommend doing that very much so. Um, So we're just going to move on to the next set of skills because I don't want this to be too, too long. I know that I only have your attention for a limited amount of time. So describe skills here next. So we all know what describing is, I mean, putting words on experiences, right? Well, this is intentionally doing that in a way that promotes non-attachment and non-judgment. Okay, let me try this again. Non-judgmentalness. So... When you're describing, you're using words like, I notice myself feeling anxious. I'm realizing there are sensations of shame in my body right now. My back feels tight. It's putting words on experiences based on facts, and you're not using interpretations or opinions, just simply, my back feels tight. I notice myself feeling sad, and, by, and that's important that you're, you know, acknowledging that you're noticing that you feel sad, or that you're experiencing sensations of sadness, opposed to saying, I am sad. Because that's, you know, letting the emotion take on your identity, which is not the goal of this. This allows you to take a step, you know, away from your emotions. And, I mean, this is a little, I think the described skills can be a bit more challenging than observe because it's so easy to describe things with judgment and it's or attachment when we're so used to doing that. So a few examples of how you can do this would be reflecting back. So if you're talking to a person, say you're in a one-on-one situation, you're talking to someone, may say something, 
you reflect back. That's a form of validation and active listening. And you try to reflect back as accurately without judgment what the person says to you. And you're not, I'm not saying restate exactly what they said. Say, they'll say, I feel really grateful that today I woke up and saw the sunrise. And you could say, it sounds like you think that waking up to see the sunrise was a positive experience for you and you feel thankful. And then ask them, am I correct? To kind of get that reflection would be a way of describing. And lastly, participate. Participate is the last what set of skills. And I mean, again, we all kind of have an idea of what participation is. And it's really about doing, like completely investing your energy and your attention in the activity that's happening in the moment. So whether you are sweeping the floor, doing dishes, dancing by yourself or with a friend in a conversation, it's really important that you're not distracted, you're not judging, you're not attached, and you're just doing, experiencing, being in the activity. And with this, there comes importance of the ability to be fluid and respond with spontaneity, you know, kind of go with the flow of things as, you know, these actions are happening. Now, I will give some examples. I know that I already did for participating, but um, for example, singing in the shower, being in the shower and I mean, You can also do observe skills in the shower. You know, what does my shampoo smell like? How does it feel to massage it into my scalp? And you can participate by really being in the shower, singing, not being distracted. It's basically, you can be doing anything. Anything. Writing. Homework. Running. Just, it's doing it in just that, being completely invested in what you're doing. And, I mean, it's it's important with this to acknowledge the how skills, which is the second part of mindfulness and using mindfulness skills. So, the three hows are non-judgmentally, one mindfully, and effectively. So, okay, non-judgmentally, I know this has been a common theme throughout today's part of mindfulness and healing and living a happy life. So, it's not seeing things as good or bad just being attentive to the facts of the situation. Accepting everything. It's being, it's, okay, so I'm a huge fan of the book, The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. And 
in there, he writes about the importance of living life as if each moment you've chosen to be that exact way for yourself. So that's about getting the same kind of pleasure from rain as you do from sun. You know, like, oh, it's super windy out there today. Good. Wind is playful. And kind of non non-judgmentally, and I realize I just said good, and it's important to say that good judgments or positive judgments are still judgments. We're trying to step away from that, that binary of good and bad. It's acknowledging your values and your emotional responses without judging them. It's sitting with yourself like Feeling sad and not saying, oh, I'm weak for feeling sad, but saying, I'm noticing myself feeling sad. I'm noticing there feel like there's a heavy ball in my chest. I'm noticing myself feel like I'm going to cry when my posture slouching not. One mindfully is another how. And I mean, it goes largely with what I was trying to propound when I was talking about the participate skills. It's just be in the moment and nothing else exists. Like all of your attention, energy, and effort are in the present moment. When you are eating, eat. When you are walking, walk. Like we can't get caught up in our thoughts and our minds and distractions are everywhere and this is about not engaging in those distractions and again I realize that this has been kind of long episode so um I'm going to say the last house skill and then we'll wrap it up effectively so mindfulness of goals, what works, the rules, being skillful and open and willing are all major components of effectively. And I mean, I'm not a professional, so whatever, but I would say that this isn't always the most important thing to focus on because I think that if we are already thinking mindfully, acting mindfully, being non-judgmental, and one mindful, you know, intuitively our actions, words, and behaviors are effective. So that's what I have, and I have, I'll go through, okay, you know what? That's enough for today. I appreciate you guys listening. I realize that that was a kind of um, long episode. So thank you for listening. And I hope you got something from it. I would really like to know if you have questions and if I presented this information in a way that is approachable and actually helpful 
Um, because this is a learning process for me too, you know? Thank you. Bye guys. Have a great day. Remember, you're beautiful. You are wonderful. And you deserve your place on this earth. Bye.